Welcome to the Legacy Church Amelia Island podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us. Wherever you're listening from today, we believe that this message will help you to know God and leave a lasting legacy on this earth. Church fam, if you're excited to be in the house of God today, why don't you put your hands together as we honor our King, also welcome our online family, and thank you for your faithfulness and your love and being a part of what God is doing right here at Legacy Church. And so we are so thankful that you would just make God a priority. You know, one of the best things you can do at the beginning of the year is create good habits and behaviors. There's a ton of studies out there, but I know at least one of them says it takes 21 days to create a good habit. And so I pray by making God a priority, being in his house, and you form that good habit that will really seek God's face as we begin the year. Amen? Well, as we jump into our message today, I want to give you a couple important announcements. Um, tomorrow night at 6.30, you guys know that every Monday throughout this fast, we've been gathering here for a time of worship and a time of prayer. You don't want to miss it. 6.30, if you can come for part of it or all of it, you will be blessed, I can guarantee you. And the next thing is, after our service, we're going to have a serve expo this Sunday and next Sunday. We want to give you the opportunity to start off the year well, not just internally, but externally. Not just building your kingdom, but building the kingdom of God right here at Legacy Church. So I hope you'll be prayerful about that and jump right in. Well, today we continue in this series of Pray Fast, and we're heading to the third week of the fast. How are you doing in the fast so far? Are you, are you thriving or are you surviving? You got some survivors and some thrivers? Doesn't matter where you are, you've got to fake it till you make it. What we know is God is doing something. What we know is there are things happening, whether you participate a few times a week or every day during the week, God honors your commitment. He honors your efforts. He honors you stepping out of your comfort zone and, and drawing close to him. That's the thing about God that I've learned, that it's unlimited. As much as you want of him, it's available. So today I want to talk to you from the next few moments from a thought that I want to entitle, The Path to God's Assignment. Someone look at your neighbor and ask them, do you know the path? You got to do this. Someone look at your neighbor. Patronize me. Do you know the path to God's assignment? This is not rhetorical. Elicit a response. If they have a blank stare, when they look at you, you make sure they're paying attention, make sure they're paying notes, or they're taking notes, all right? They can't be on their phone if they didn't know the path to God's assignment for their life. You guys are awesome. Hopefully this goes better as we get to the message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. Lord, this is your house. We are your people. We breathe in your spirit and we breathe out your love. Holy Spirit, this is our demonstration actively saying, come and have your way. Come and remove anything that would distract and you be the only priority in this place today. Let your word Transform and change and do what it's always purpose to do, Father. Lead us in God as close to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So 22 days into this new year that we call 2023. How's it going? Yeah? Yeah? Are you doing well? Yeah? Are you setting some good priorities, some good habits, and some good behaviors? Are you cutting away some things? Are you adding some things? Yeah? I hope so. Are you walking in the promises that God already has in store for you? Yes? You notice that language. I was intentional about that. The promises God already has in store for you. We've got to get out of this bad theology and bad teaching that if we do enough for God, we'll see enough of God. No, 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 no. He already has plans. You see, if you thought the other way, then here's what you'd have to think. You'd have to think you and the person in the row beside you that maybe your life was going to be terrible and their life was going to be great. Because maybe they were hurting bad enough for God. They were doing enough for God, and maybe you weren't. 
So you have that gets, that gets murky there. But God is so good in his sovereignty. He says, I'll give you all of me in my word. You just have to pursue it. As much of God you want to know, you will find out through the avenue, the vehicle of his word and prayer. And the good thing about God is this. Watch this. He tips his hand. It's kind of when I'm playing Uno with my girls. Everyone's looking at each other's hands. They're good cheaters by nature. I didn't even teach them that. But God tips his hand. It's it's the most miraculous thing. He's the God of the universe. He doesn't have to give us one explanation. He just doesn't. He's God. But he does. He tells us this in Jeremiah 29, 11. And before I even show you Jeremiah 29, 11, I want you to undo everything you think about it. Because this is one of those cute little, somebody's going through something, you Google, encouraging message for someone. It's the first one that pops up on every website, every search engine, right? It's the first one people post. And it, it can kind of be over, not used, but maybe overlooked. After you see it so often, you just kind of glaze over like, oh, that verse. But I'm about to show you here how this verse means more than you think it means. Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's read this together. This is God's plan that's already in practice. This is what he's already released over your life and your family. He says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what has God done? He's given us a sneak peek of something that he wants you and I to come into agreement and alignment with. Someone say agreement. Someone say alignment. You're participating now. This is fantastic. We're all, we're all together now. So he's given us a sneak peek of what he's already purposed and already planned even before you decided to fast. Even before you decided to participate. Even before you decided to do anything. The Bible says while you were a sinner. Anybody remember being a sinner? Okay, we've got some holy folks in here. God's going to be a prophetic word right now. I'm going to expose you in front of everybody. Who was a sinner in here and remembers being a sinner? Who sinned good? Like it was good sinning until the, the pleasures of sin, you had to pay the price, right? That's the funny thing about sin. It shows you how fun it is, but it doesn't tell you the cost. That's the problem with sin. But the Bible says while we were sinners, Christ what? Christ died for us. And so he says, even though I knew you were who you are going to be, even though I knew, oh, yeah, even after you got saved, what you fell into, even though I knew those things, what he says is, I've got purpose and I've got plans. I've got things that, watch this, hear me clearly, God has released in the atmosphere. I hope that doesn't sound spooky. There are things that God has released in the atmosphere because when you and I speak, ah, maybe we're a person of our word, man or woman of our word, maybe we're not. Ah, maybe we speak off the cuff and maybe we, we speak out of turn, or maybe we're speaking the truth. But when God speaks, watch this, he released things in the atmosphere and they have to come to pass. We, we, we hear people speak all the time, in person, over the phone, on, on the news, and we're like, ah, oh, is it true? Does, does it mean anything? When God speaks, it must be true. When God speaks, he formed things. In the beginning, what happened? God spoke. And everything you see around you is formed. So what I want to do with this verse in, in Jeremiah, I want to show you that It is so powerful. It is so potent. It will change your perspective right here, right now. You know who gives context to Jeremiah's scripture, context, what God speaks about? Isaiah 55, 11. So watch how these two work together. Watch this in Isaiah. This is God. He says, so is my word that goes out from my what? Whatever God releases, whatever scripture comes out of God's mouth, we are told it will not return to me what? Any King Jamers out there? Void. Yeah, we grew up on that. Whatever God releases, whatever comes out of not my mouth, 
and not your friends and family's mouths, whatever comes out of God's mouth, it is impossible. It has never happened, not in eternity past, eternity present, or eternity future. It has never done what? Return empty or void. But what will God's word do that he's released? It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose which I said. Someone say amen. Is there anybody in the room that wants to walk in what God has spoken and released and that will be accomplished? If you do, put your hands together. No, like you believe that what he has spoken, it will be accomplished in your life. If you see this, it changes everything. It changes everything. Not next week, but today. God spoke something in Jeremiah. God released something in Jeremiah before you in the womb of your mother. God spoke something that you have an opportunity to walk into because his word can't return what? Or empty. It must be accomplished. His words must respond. Whatever he releases has to come to pass. And so it's for you and I to do what? God, show me today how to come into agreement, how to come into alignment. There is something released over your life. Most of us, people have told you there's something about you. There's something that God wants to do. And you know what? Even if you didn't think they were right, they're right. If you're alive, God has a purpose and a plan. There's something that he's spoken over you that we have to come into alignment with. And watch this. No devil in hell and no person in this world can stop us. I don't care what's been spoken over you. I don't care what abuse, what hurt, what pain, what people have historically called you and marginalized you and oppressed you. You know what matters? God's words and not their words. Amen? God's going to free someone up in here today. I want to talk to somebody who wants to walk in his purpose. I want to talk to somebody that wants to walk in what God has released. Because if you want to walk in what God has released, you know what you want to do? You want to pray and fast. You want to seek his face. You want to offer your life as a drink offering. You want to do whatever it takes to walk into what God has already released. And the beauty of it is God's plans are greater and God's plans are better. The Bible says as far as the heavens are from the earth is as far as God's understanding and our understanding. That we get to walk in God. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're going to do. I just know it's great and it's God-sized. Amen? It's getting good. Watch this. If you are ready to walk in what God has released, let's get a little more specific about this. Let's talk about what alignment and agreement look like. And if I told you right now, what if you could walk out today and feel sure in your spirit that you could walk in God's agreement and alignment? What would you say? Would you say there's got to be some preparation, there's got to be some planning, there's got to be some, some overhaul of some things? Like, he don't know what happened this past week in my house, right? Like, we ain't even sleeping in the same rooms. No, 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 no. Here's what I mean. What if today there's something that God could stir in you? What if today you can come into agreement with God and say, you know what? The past is the past, the present is the present, and I move forward in what you're releasing in my life. What if you could learn, claim, and receive all that God has for you? Would you want it? Would you desire it? Would you search for the silver and gold? Would you forsake all us, all other things, and everything else for that? Okay, so let's make sure we're not, we're not speaking churchese. Let's, let's make sure we're being clear about this. What does agreement and alignment look like to God? To God, what does that look like? How, how does that play out? We've said these words. We've painted the picture. We've built an understanding around agreement and alignment. But, but really, what does that look like with God? What does it look like? If you have your Bibles, I love for you or your apps. This is the time to get them going. It's time to fire it up. 
This is, any, by the way, anybody any leather in the room? Any, any leather holders by chance? Any few, few? Okay, it's not, it's not dead. Fantastic. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Once again, like Jeremiah and like Isaiah, these are very well-known Christian scriptures. Like if you go in the Hallmark section, the card section, you're going to find these scriptures. And here's the danger. Familiarity breeds what? Contempt. You just kind of look over, just kind of glaze over them. But what you don't understand is that this scripture, these two scriptures found in Proverbs chapter 3, they tell you exactly how to today, not tomorrow, not next week, come into agreement and alignment with what God has already spoken over your life and your future and all that concerns you. Watch this, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Do you know what you just read? You read agreement. God, I trust you. God, I believe you. God, I don't have to understand it. God, I can't trace you, but I trust you. God, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what you're working behind the scenes. God, I can't even make sense of my past. I can't make sense of last month. But I'm in agreement that you're faithful. I'm in agreement that you're able. I'm in agreement that you're going to make a way when I need it. I'm in agreement that when I pray and I submit things to you, you know the right timing of it all. I'm in agreement, God, with whatever you allow. I trust you. I say yes and amen. I believe that you are faithful. Do you see what agreement looks like? Do you see what coming into agreement with God saying, God, you are God and I'm not. Forgive me for trying to take your space. Agreement says that, God, you have gone before me, and I trust that you'll make a way. That's what agreement says. And as we continue to read, now we go from agreement to alignment. Watch this. It says, in all of your ways. How many of your ways? In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll do what? There's our alignment. He's going to align us when needed. And man, depending on the day, Depending on the situation, there are multiple days of alignment needed, right? There are multiple aligning attitude, aligning perspective, aligning hope, aligning joy, aligning peace or shalom, aligning a lot of things, mental health, emotional health, aligning perspective of others and self, uh, leading to repentance. There's a lot of alignment that goes throughout the day. And so if we come into agreement and we come into alignment and we read these verses that, man, we've read a thousand times, especially if you've grown up in church, that you start to see them differently. You start to recite them not just because you've Googled encouraging verses, but you say, God, I need agreement. And God, I need alignment. And I need to operate under what you've already released in the atmosphere. We are walking around in what God has already released. That'll make your day good. That, that'll make a Monday morning feel like a Friday. That, man, I'm walking today in what God has released. <laughs> it's airborne. People are afraid of airborne illnesses, right? Like, this, is, this is airborne. God is released. I need to walk in it. I need to declare it. I need to believe that what God said is true, and I need to walk in that strength and that favor. Amen? Here's the problem, though. Many of us, we're aware of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, but we're more aware of Proverbs of this world, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. This is a different chapter, not of the Bible, but of our lives. See if you identify with this chapter of the Bible. This would be called heresy, if you don't know what heresy is, but this would not be the Bible. I've changed and altered some words to see if you can find them. 
It says this. This is what our daily life looks like. Ready? Trust in the what? World with all your heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The trappings of the world, relationships of the world, circumstance of the world. Whatever kind of email text I get, that's what I'm going to begin to trust in. Trust in the world with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge what? The world. And who will direct your path? How more accurate is that in our week than the actual scripture in Proverbs? That whatever the world brings my way, I somehow have this uncanny bend, bias, and lean towards trusting in the world and whatever it brings my way. And I'm on fire for God after that morning diva. I'm on fire for God after that service. I'm on fire for God after someone tells me a breakthrough answered prayer. But man, when my day starts going, my week starts going, my month starts going, I lean more to the understanding of the world. When all is done, and then I pray instead of prayer being my priority. And what you'll find is this. No matter which scripture you find yourself following and living, both are hard. Choose your heart. You know, if done well, serving God is hard. Can I just, be, can I just testify right now? If done the proper way, if you, if you completely sell out to God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, it is hard. It is difficult. It's not for the weary. The Bible says wide is the road to destruction, but narrow is the road to eternal life. Jesus wasn't mincing words. It's difficult, but at least you know you're working towards eternity. At least you know joy, peace, hope, strength, life. It's not a moving target. It's very consistent. It's eternal. But you know what else is hard? Not living for God. Focusing on the world. Trusting in the arm of the flesh. Seeking God every now and then. But making the things of this world, the things of my life, making my kingdom, that's also hard. Broken relationships, dysfunction, that's hard. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. No matter which way you go with agreement and alignment, whether it's for God or for this world, or you're kind of back and forth and you vacillate, both are hard. Choose your heart. I can just tell you from experience, only one brings life, only one brings strength, only one brings hope, only one brings joy, only one brings a consistency in who you trust in and who you love. And only one will give you all that you need. Someone say amen. Getting into agreement and alignment with God, uh, let me just say, isn't always pretty. It isn't. There are struggles and there are times where you're like, oh, this is what agreement and alignment with God feels like? Oh, I didn't know. I thought it would feel different. Can I get a witness? I thought it would feel a little different. I thought there would be a few more pats on the back. I thought there would be a few more things going on here. Sometimes it doesn't feel or look like you thought it would feel, and that's where you go back to what the Bible says. That's where you go back to what God first told you. He first called you. He first encouraged you. That's when you go back to your testimony. Anybody remember testimony services? Those things are important because sometimes agreement and alignment, man, you got to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God because right here, right now, don't look, don't feel, and don't smell faithful. And that's where you grow in your faith. You know, in my house, we do this um, every Friday. We celebrate the Sabbath, and we teach this in our church. Probably the next series, I'll, I'll teach it. But we're we just crazy enough that we, we take the, the bread, and we break it, and we honor the body of Jesus and, and take the juice out and reflect on his sacrifice. And I'll tell you what, hands down, we've been doing it for about almost five years now, there's not been more quality, there's not been a better quality of, of time with, with my wife and my children than when we just gather on a Friday night. 
whether we're at home, whether we're traveling, this is our practice and this is what we do and just reflect on God's goodness in our family. Like actually your kids talking, it's very strange. Like it's just this weird thing that happens. They start talking and just opening up. Why? Because you're welcoming in the presence. That's what the Sabbath is all about or in the Hebrew, the, the Shabbat. And so we're, we're doing this this past uh, Friday and we've got some folks over and you know, when, when I talk about coming to agreement alignment and I talk about it's not always easy, I was going through this sermon and I was in my heart this past week thinking through it and God actually showed it to me in real time. Because as we were breaking the bread, you know, you break the bread, you follow what Jesus did. He was broken and so you break the bread. And, and someone sat across me at the table who we invited over that night and as she broke the bread, that actual day was the final, final she finalized her divorce of 14 years. And I watched her as she was broken, breaking the bread. And there was something that was happening there. And and I began to grow in my faith to say, could I be breaking the bread the same day my marriage was broken? Could I trust him in moments and seasons like that? Because I know that she prayed and fasted for the opposite of this. She didn't want to be a single mother. She didn't want these things to transpire. But yet and still... Sometimes agreement and alignment doesn't look like what you thought it would look. But as I saw her breaking the bread and as I saw her crying and worshiping, I began to feel the message she was preaching. You see, she wasn't saying it with her lips. She was saying it with her actions. And what she was saying was Job 13, 15. She said this in her heart and in her tears. She said, though he what? Slay me. Yet I will have what? Hope in him. See, agreement and alignment is not just for the ups. You know what it's also for? The downs. It's not just for the peaks. You know what it's also for? The valleys. I'm telling you what, if we begin to make this up in our heart and make this up in our soul, that God, no matter what, come hell or high water, you are faithful, you are able, and I trust you, you are already there. This is the highest level of maturity in the faith. Maybe he hasn't given you the breakthrough and maybe he hasn't given you the healing on this side of heaven because he wants you to be an active, living testimony of how he's faithful regardless of circumstance. Oh, in our culture, we love the big breakthrough. You know what I'm starting to love? People who haven't got the big breakthrough but still serve God as though they have. Because you do know there's answers to prayer and there's healing, not just on this side, but on that side of heaven. Let's fix our focus. Let's fix our faith. Let's grow up and mature in the faith that our God is big enough. Whatever he allows is part of his plan. He is making a plan. He has released, Jeremiah says, a good plan for you. And today, I pray our plan will line up with his plan. Someone say amen. Agreement and alignment, it leads to something that we're all here for, assignment. Agreement and alignment leads to what we're all here for, assignment. God, what do you want to do in my life, God? Reveal it to me. Just give me a hint. Just give me a sign, right? Someone slip me a note, you know, God, give me a sign. I was here worshiping one Sunday, and someone slipped a note in my hand. And you just never know. People come up to you on Sunday. It could be anything, okay? It could be. I'm, like, looking for security. What's, what's going on here? They slipped me a note, and the note says, twin boys, I said, I rebuked this, Satan, and I, I, put that, I put that paper down, and that was, that was about three years ago, and I rebuked it then, and I rebuke it today. I don't know what that meant. I never saw that person again, but you do that what you want, okay? But 
We're all looking for assignment. We're all looking for the big plan of God. And the fact that you made it into 2023 means that there's a plan, means that there's a purpose in your life. How do we know this? Because there are people who are in this room in 2022 that are no longer here. But you made it here. That means that God's got a plan and God's got a purpose through what? Agreement, through alignment, Proverbs chapter 3, right? verse 5 and 6. He's got a plan that you arrive at through agreement and alignment. And here's what I want to show you. Please don't think you go to a job five days a week, some of you more, five days a week, and your boss is the only one with a plan for your life. Please, please don't think that. And God's in the background just saying, hey, hope it goes well. Hope you figure it out this this quarter, this first quarter of the year. Please, please, please don't think your your bill collectors, your mortgage company, your your auto company, and and, and your your credit card, like your, your... Please don't think they're the only ones with a monthly plan for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes we're more aware of others' plans for our life than God's plan for our life. Please don't think your spouse is the only one with a plan for your life. You and I have to get into a space where we identify not just the natural plans, but the spiritual plans. And if you can't identify the spiritual plans, I'm so glad you're here. Because God has a plan for you. He has an assignment for you, but it comes through agreement and it comes through alignment. It comes through time spent with him in his presence, not just tipping him with some time and attention, but consistency in his presence. There's an expectation God has for you that he reveals his plans in these kind of segments. He's got a daily plan, a weekly plan, a monthly plan, and an overall annual plan. And we walk into that. And how do we go from agreement to alignment to assignment? I'm so glad you asked. What does assignment look like? Someone will ask your neighbor, what does assignment look like? Let's get practical. Sometimes in church, we're just like like high-level overviews, and you got to figure out what did they mean by that? What do they mean? Let's ask the scripture, what does God mean by that? You're going to love this verse. Go to Romans with me. Chapter 12 and verse 2. I'm telling you what, I would highlight this with everything I had. If you didn't have a pen or highlighter, I would draw some blood and highlight it in blood. That's how important this one is going to be. Watch this. We talk about getting into a, in a place where we're getting assignment from God from a agreement and alignment. Watch this. You're not going to believe this verse. You're going to say, where was this verse my whole life? You're going to say it. Watch. Verse 2 says this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by doing what? change the way you think. Then, uh uh-oh, here's what you came for. Here's the price of admission, even the cheap seats in the back. Here's the price of admission. Ready? Then you will learn to know what? God's will for you. That's what you came for. You want to know what God's will for you in this year is. You know what God's will for your marriage, in your life, in your career, in your finances. You are obsessed with God's will for you, and so am I. We are addicted to this language, he says, which is, per- which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do you see what he just released? That is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 remixed in the New Testament. That's what that is. You arrive at alignment, how? By putting off the behaviors. Let's make sure that, that script's still on the screen. I'm going to go through a couple more times. We have to put off the behaviors and the customs of this world. Usually, we want assignment without putting off the behaviors and the customs of this world. Do you see how we operate? 
We want to keep our old self, old mentalities, old habits, old behaviors, old hang-ups. This is just the way Serranos are. Not if they want to be blessed. This is just how I deal with stress and anger. Not if you want to walk in assignments. Both are hard, but you choose. This is just how I cope and just how I deal. Yeah, both are hard. You choose. God says you get to what God's perfect will is for you by putting off the behavior and customs of this world, letting God do what? Transform you into what? A new person by changing the way you think. You just don't understand. This way I've always been. That's the problem. (laughs) That's the issue. This is my comfort zone. Yet that's what we're trying to get past right now. This is where we got to start growing up. Like, are we changing? Are we renewing? Are things falling off? And for some of us, there's some religious things, not just worldly things that have to fall off. Because some of us have been in the faith a long time and are real quick to be pharisaical and real quick to, to turn down our nose on other people and, and say they're not good enough or close enough to God. Like, this is, this is a lot of stuff in here. Ways of the world, ways unlike God, then you will know your assignment. Then you will know your season. Then you will, like the sons of Issachar, know the times and the seasons. But if you want to get to assignment, what we all came here for, it's walking through the cutting away. And that's why we're praying and fasting. Like if you're still maybe confused, why all this? Does it take all that? It takes all this and more. We've got to cut some things away. We've got to become less like the world and more like God. Has anybody found themselves in this time of prayer and fasting? You can't listen to the same things. can't watch the same things. Like, ah, oh, this doesn't, doesn't feel right. you kind of like got to change a channel or you got to like not be around certain people and certain toxic situations. Like, it, just, it just doesn't feel the way it used to. Like it scratched your itch before the fast. Now in the fast, like, yeah, that just doesn't register well. Puts that little taste in your mouth that you don't like. And, and what you begin to see is this, because in this time of interceding, in this time of drawing closer to God, you're drawing closer to God. Like, things should be changing. And pay attention to what that is. And continue throughout the year for the things that just didn't register with your spirit as you're becoming more spiritually centered and more spiritually focused on God. Now, I know this is counterintuitive to our culture. We are addicted with assignment, but allergic to agreement and alignment. Oh, we love us on assignment. God is going to do. He's going to move. He's going to work every single day of my life. We talk about destiny. Oh, my gosh. Go to a conference. You'll hear preachers talking about destiny all day long. Do you know what God talks about? Not destiny, but daily bread. God's all about the daily sacrifice, the daily obedience. He led Israel how? With a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. Half a day. Not even daily on that one. We get so consumed with the big picture, the assignment. God says, but it's in the daily that you arrive at the assignment. It's in the daily obedience. Give us this day our daily bread, right? He's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, not a spotlight and not a ray of sunshine. No, every day be faithful, every day, right? Every day be focused, because if not, you'll be anxiety-ridden. Just trust him in, in, in the small things, in the daily commitments to God. But watch this. We are a culture. We love highlighting the assignment, right? We love highlighting the, the, the title and the income of this wonderful job. We, 
we even post about it, but you know, we just don't like to talk about the sacrifice of family because that's not sexy, right? We just talk about the, the job title. We highlight the dream wedding at the dream destination, the dream location. We just don't talk about the five years of debt we're about to walk into, right? In our day and age, we love the gender reveal, right? We love the, the picture of the baby that looks the same every single day that we keep taking the picture and posting every single day the baby still looks the same, right? Still looks the same. Yes, but you didn't see this one hair that, that came on this side of the head, right? And then the crawling, and, and then the crawling a little bit more, still crawling, and then half walking, and then uh, still half walking, then, then walking. Like, we highlight all this up about the baby and, and the matching outfits and all the festivities, right? But we don't talk about the sleepless nights. We don't talk about before the picture, the, 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 the coating of makeup, right, to, to, to hide the bags under the eyes because this baby has college, hasn't slept in three years. Even though it's one month old, the baby hasn't slept in three years. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're a culture obsessed and in love with the big assignment, but we don't care anything and talk about anything of what got us there. That mom's daily commitment to feed that baby and to change its diaper and to be there, that wouldn't be probably a well-liked picture with your hair everywhere, all besides it's fighting with each other and, and uploading the sleepless night, right? We, we, we don't really want that as a culture. We just want the overall assignment. And agreement and alignment, is, uh, it's hard stuff. It's not sexy. Do you know what agreement and alignment looks like? It's you're sitting in it right now. You're at church on a Sunday, and you don't have to be, but you're here. You're logging on. This is the hard stuff. Opening up your Bible where you don't even know where to start, that's the hard stuff. But staying committed, committed and focused. Having accountability in your life and having at least one or two people you can pray with and be honest with, like the real you. And walk through life with people. This is the hard stuff. Praying, even when you're losing yourself in prayer. Do you know that there's nothing harder in your life that you'll do than pray? Right? Because it's not self-glorifying. It's just seeking God and honoring him. That's the hard stuff. The dirty R word, repentance. That's the hard stuff. That you're going to tell me there are days in my week that I'm not right with God? Yes. Yes. I'm telling you that exactly. That there are habits, there are behaviors, there are thoughts, there are ways you treat people. There are things that you say about them when they're not in the room. There are things that we all must repent of right here and right now. To move further in our walk with God. To stop tearing people down. We must be like Jesus and stop talking about Jesus. We must follow his characteristics. and stop just gathering a building that talks about his characteristics. Amen? And this is the hard stuff. This is how you get to assignment. It's the daily stuff. It's the difficult stuff that gets us there. It's the process that prepares us for assignment. What I have found is this, is that to actually know what it looks like for your daily assignment, which equates to weekly and monthly, and of course, your overall assignment for year of 2023, it's never revealed all at once. You can try asking God. I've tried. It doesn't work. But it's a daily revelation. That's why you have to seek him daily and come before him daily and repent daily and give your heart to him daily. Daily devotional. Anybody did a daily devotional throughout our prayer and fasting and it cut you real deep? It was like, yeah, God must have knew that was me today. Yeah, that was was me. But it's that daily preparation that leads us into the assignments of God. And it leads us, watch this, to be very open to the promptings and the movings of the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm not talking about why you're in church. I'm talking about why you're on that job that you don't even half want to be at sometimes. I'm talking about in that home. I'm talking about with people. You begin to see what assignment looks like. God gave me one of the most transparent experiences this week on assignment I wasn't even ready for. Anybody consider themselves like busy? Would you say you're a busy person? I know busy is relative in our culture, right? You talk to somebody, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. Let me just tell you guys, I'm busy. Ask my family. The only time I'm not busy is when I'm sleeping. One time I'm sitting down. So I'm a pretty busy guy. And so this past week, I'm leaving the office here, and I've got to go pick up my daughter, Naomi, at aftercare at school. And I've got to get her from aftercare at school to ballet, okay? This is my cross-the-town movements. To, uh, I got to get her across town to ballet. And then from ballet, I've got an hour, actually 45 minutes, because I put drive time in there. I've got 45 minutes to be back at ballet to then be to Bethany school to pick her up from soccer practice. That's on this side of town. So I've got these things going on, and I've got 45 minutes to figure out how can I best benefit myself and my time in this 45 minutes. And so I'm going to say, you know what? I can drive back to the church. I continue to study for this message today, um, think through, pray through what this looks like, agreement, alignment, assignment. That's what I'm going to do. And as I'm driving, God's like, why don't you just stop by the Legacy Center? And so I adjusted my route. But the whole way, I'm like arguing with God. I'm like, God, i got a lot to do. I'm busy. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you not seen my life? My screen time's up 100% from last week, God. I'm busy. Like, have you not seen Apple's metrics here for this past week? And he won. So I arrived at the Legacy Center. I jump out. And if you've ever been there, the kids, they're amazing. They're jumping out. They're hugging. And we're playing. And, and we, we go on the basketball court uh, with this little kid named Junior. So we're shooting hoops. And I'm airballing half of the shots I'm taking. And I'm hitting the rim. Apparently, if you don't practice basketball from junior high, you lose your skills. It, it, how it works. In my head, I was a lot better. But when I was, I was not good at all. So I'm shooting hoops with Junior. And mind you, and my, my head's ticking. I, now I've got like, with drive time and all, now I've got probably like, 25, 35 minutes on my hands to get in and out. And so I'm shooting hoops with Junior, and out of nowhere, the corner of my eye, I see this little girl riding a bike by me, and her shoes catch my eye, and I stopped shooting, which I was going to miss anyway, so it didn't really matter. But I stopped shooting, and I see her shoes, and when I tell you her shoes were coming undone off of her feet almost. They were like, you and I would not put our, we would not put those kind of shoes on our kids. We just wouldn't. They were falling apart. And I saw her shoes. I said, hey, come here, sweetheart, real quick. Let me see one of your shoes. And I went to take the shoe up to see the size because I had a game plan I was going to do. And I said, let me see the size of your shoe. The tag was ripped off and you couldn't see a size. I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? I said, let me see your other shoe. Now she's getting a little weirded out. She's like, what are you doing? Let me see the other shoe. And on the back, the tag was ripped, but I saw a faded half of a one, a faded half of a two. I thought. I said, I'm going with it. You're size 12. And so I jumped in my car, told the kids I'll be back, and I'm driving. And in my head, I'm like, man, I really could have used this time to go back to the church to study about assignment, and God stopped me. He said, I just showed you your assignment today. I just showed you. Are you that hard-headed? Are you that about yourself? Are you that about your own schedule and your time frames? Are you that about yourself? He just stopped me. He said, I needed you to look at a faded out half a one and half a two. This was your assignment today. There was nothing that day I did that was more important than get a pair of shoes for that little girl. But let me tell you, I wasn't looking for it. But through agreement 
And through alignment, just that day I found my assignment. And I thank God for that. And I'm praying for each and every one of us, we begin to find assignments. And don't think it's this massive, big home run. You're getting a call from somebody very important, and they want to whisk you around. No. Every day. God, give me my daily assignment today. How to glorify you. How to seek you today. How to be faithful today. And you'll see what God will do. You'll see how he'll prepare you in different ways to honor his kingdom for his glory and his honor. Amen? And if you can't figure out your godly assignments and areas of your life, here's my best advice to you. You ready for my best advice? Go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. If you're having struggles, what is my assignment? How is God leading me? What does is, what is my day-to-day look like? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what? He'll direct your path. Agreement and alignment. Amen? Amen. We look for destiny but God looks for daily decisions. Here's where I want to close our time today, Joshua chapter 2. This is a great story that I've been trying to get to the whole message, and now we're here, so I've got to be quick with this. But here's what I've been trying to get to, because if you jump into a story like this without context, it almost, you lose the flavor, you know? It's like a meal not, not done properly. And this is one of the greatest stories in all of the Bible because we see agreement alignment, and assignment. And we see it not just for one character, but multiple characters. And so quick context. Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of God, they were in captivity in Egypt 400 plus years. They're liberated. Passover, that's why we celebrate Passover, because God said celebrate it then and continue. Through Passover, they go through the Red Sea. They wander for 40 years because a generation who refused to be in agreement alignment had to die off. No assignment. That'll preach to somebody. Generation dies off. And now they're going to walk into God's promised land. But when you walk into God's promises, there's always giants. There's always battles. Israel never, never took land without battles. They never walked into promises without battles. That's how they knew they were close to God's promises. Battles presented themselves. And so they're walking into this next battle, and God is doing something really strange with them. He's making them go and spy out a city, Jericho. He's, they're going to have to walk around the city. And many of you know the story from vacation Bible school and felt boards. But they're going to walk around this city. And, and God's going to deliver the city into their hands. And they're going to move forward towards a promised land. But before this, you're going to now understand what agreement, alignment, assignment looks like. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Now remember, Moses has died. So now Joshua's the leader of Israel. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, go and look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king was told, so the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered the house because they have come to spy out the land. So we arrive at verse four with more questions and answers. The men of God going to Rahab's house, which is a brothel. Yeah, that's got some explaining to do there, right? Uh, Rahab's house was on the outside of the wall of the city. Rahab's house would frequent foreigners. It would, they wouldn't be caught off guard if they went in and out the house of a brothel, right? And so they go to her house. God sends them there. And watch what's going to happen here. Rahab, the prostitute, is now going to have to make a decision on her own. Will she 
let the king know about the men of God who are there, or will she be loyal to her king of earth or the king of heaven? It's a pretty cool dynamic because she's only heard of God, but now she's going to have an opportunity for agreement and alignment with God. It says this, but the woman had taken the two men and did what? Hmm. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Verse 6 says this, but she then, or she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she laid out on the roof. Rahab had a choice to keep them hidden or to get a reward from the king. She had a choice to make, and and in real time, we know from the outset of the story that God's going to give Israel the city because he's given them some things to be in agreement and alignment about, and they're going to do it. They're going to march around the city, but also God is working inside the city, not just outside the city. He's working in Israel and in Rahab, the prostitute. God is working in a brothel. Pretty amazing. There's nowhere God won't go. There's nothing he won't do. Why did these men go into the brothel? Because God was going to do something amazing. Watch how it works out here. Joshua chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and she said to them, So they weren't there for business. They were there for God's business. Watch this. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all in this country are doing what? Melting in fear. So she's heard the stories of not just a God, Yahweh. She heard the stories of Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And she said when they heard the stories, they were melting in fear because of you. We have heard how your Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. God has gone before them. The stories had gone before them. And now it's developing in real time what God is going to say. It's developing in real time what God is going to do. It's pretty remarkable. It's pretty amazing when you think through agreement, alignment, and now assignment. Now you saw the agreement and alignment. Now we're going to go to assignment, both for Israel and for Rahab. Chapter 6, you're going to have to skip a few chapters ahead so we can get there and close this out. Chapter 6 and verse 15, it says this. On the seventh day, someone say the seventh day. The Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. By this time, they went around the town seven times. Someone say seven times. Had to come into agreement, had to come into alignment. It wasn't the sexy stuff. It wasn't the fun stuff. All right, God, we'll walk around, we'll walk around, we'll walk around. The seventh time around, as the priest sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Watch this. Only Rahab, the prostitute and the others in her house, will be what? For she did what? Her agreement and her alignment. Just one day decision did what? Saved her whole household and her whole family line. Oh, it's about the daily stuff. Rahab didn't have a picture of how she was going to be saved and her whole city was going to be destroyed. Now everything around her was going to be up in, in fire and ash, but not her, her house, and her family. Are you seeing this? This was a daily stuff, the daily decisions. Verse 15 says this. Oh, not verse 15, I'm sorry. 
Verse 17 tells us that her house was spared because she protected the spies. Now that daily decision, that daily agreement alignment led to what? The protection of her family, her household. But what you don't know is the decisions that you make today for your family, she made it for her family, affect not just the current, but future generations. See, I don't know how much you know about Rahab or not. Anybody hear that story for the first time today? Anybody shocked by a prostitute and and a brothel being in the Bible? Anybody shocked by that? A few of us. I don't know how much you know about the story, but here's the most important part to know about the story. Her agreement and alignment led to an assignment that she could have never asked God for. That's why I tell you God's big enough. The differences that you make today are going to have more ripple effects you can ever ask, think, or imagine. Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, talk about Rahab's decision. It's loud and it's clear. Watch this. Verse 5 says this. Salmon, the father of Boaz, who was a mother, whose mother was who? Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of who? The one who slew the giant. The one who was a man after God's own heart. The one who was king of Israel. How? Rahab? From Jericho? Doesn't that taint the family line? Doesn't that make it a little less impressive? Doesn't that make it, oh, yeah, we try to skip over her name, right? Like they could have cut it down and just say, yeah, we don't need that part in the Bible, right? It's a little too specific. Rahab has a place and her generations have a place now forever because of a daily decision her family benefits from. Because what we know is this, that Boaz, he could have been in a different family line unless she broke that generational curse. Boaz could have lived a different life and had different habits, different behaviors, but mom broke that family curse. Broke, mom broke that generational curse. I'm going to talk to some women in here today that I know your life can be difficult. I know it can be strenuous, but you are breaking curses every single day. There are women that are standing up and rising up and saying, no, not in this generation. But the enemy came in every single generation, but it stops at me. And watch this. It gets even better. Go to verse 16 of chapter 1. It says this. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was a mother of who? So you don't get Jesus without who? Rahab. She's an ancestor of Jesus, the Messiah. Like uh, God spoke something, and Rahab walked in it. See, Jeremiah applied to Jew and Gentile. When God said he has good plans, what God released, even the prostitute in Jericho could walk in it. What God released for you and your family, you can walk in it. Daily agreement, daily alignment reveals that assignment. She's in the line of Jesus. God did wonderful things in her life and he used her past. Aren't you glad he can use your past? Aren't you glad we're not disqualified? I'd be the last one up here with the microphone if, if, it, was, if it came down to, to good things in our past. But aren't you glad this is the God that we serve? This is what he does. This is who he is. And he teaches us the volumes of scripture. Trust him daily. Come into alignment. 
come into agreement. Don't be overly concerned or consumed with the assignment. Just know that he wants to lead you daily to your assignments. And as he guides you, as he directs you, what I can promise you is your assignment will be as great as Rahab's and Joshua's and Israel's. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness and your love today. I pray, Lord God, we honor you in this place. I pray we were encouraged and strengthened, Father, through your word. Lord, can you speak to us today, Father, that we take these scriptures that are very familiar, more serious than we ever have before, God. Lord, Jeremiah is our verse to walk in. You've released it, and in Jesus' name, maybe you'll say it with me, I walk in it. I receive, Lord, what you've released in the atmosphere. It can't return empty. It can't return void. So that which you purpose, I walk in today. My marriage walks in. My family walks in. My career walks in. My finances walk in. My health walk in. That which you've released, I walk in. And as Roman declares, Lord, we will cut off and put off the old person and put on the mind of Christ and, and know the will of our God through daily decisions we pray, Father. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are far from Jesus in this place, I want to offer you the best news you'll ever receive. That you can pray to either rededicate your life if you're just far from him, or if you've never prayed for the very first time, you can pray to receive him. And if that's you in the building or online, our church family want to pray with you and ask that you would just welcome God. If you've been far from him, but you know him, welcome him back into your life and make him a priority. But if you've never made him a priority and never for yourself prayed, to receive him. We want to give you that opportunity right now. Church, pray with me. Lord God, we believe in you. We repent of our sins and welcome Jesus and the Holy Spirit into our lives. Fill us. Change us. Give us a hunger for your word and discipleship. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Put your hands together for the goodness of our God and our King. We hope that you are challenged, impacted, and blessed by the message today. For more information, please visit LegacyChurchAI.org or take a moment to follow us on Instagram at LegacyChurchAI.